0: Friday, January 28th. It's Friday, which means all bets are off Friday. I don't know where the show usually goes because we're we're out of gas by Friday. And that usually means it gets derailed. Nick Kiprios, Sammy McKee, our trusted producer. Derek Brandeo, our tech audio guy. And in for Justin Bourne. The wonderful, the talented. Put your huns together you. for the lovely <laughs> Gord Stellick. Kippy, if you're out of
1: gas, it's the most expensive it's ever been now. You should have filled up a week ago.
0: Jeez. I know.
1: Great job so God.
0: far, Thank Gord Stellick. Of course, Justin Bourne uh, attending uh, memorial services for his father-in-law, New York Islander, Hall of Famer great uh, Clark Gillies hopefully a, a celebration of life, uh, Gord, but uh, certainly uh, appreciate you coming in the last few days. And I think we'll, we'll pick it up maybe Monday and Tuesday as well. But uh, so far, how are you enjoying yourself?
1: Kippy, I'm loving it. Uh, you know, um, tonight you mentioned the two b- banner raisings. You played with Zubov with the Rangers. You won a cup with them. He's getting his banner raised in uh, Dallas. And Henrik Lundqvist for New York. And every, every time a Ranger banner gets raised, I go, they're one closer to Kippy. My buddy Kippy. And I'll be able to go there <laughs> first class. Go to the China Club where you used to go. And you take me around
0: town. And that. And the Kippy banner. So I'm, I'm waiting for that. It's getting closer, Kippy. It is. It certainly is. We got a tough. Uh, or not a tough, but a, a, a lot of hockey to digest here in the next couple of hours, Gord. Uh, we'll also tee up the Toronto Maple Leafs as they visit the Detroit Red Wings on the weekend. Chris Draper, four-time uh, former NHLer and four-time Stanley Cup champion, director of amateur scouting with Detroit, will join us uh, in about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Dan Milstein, the agent for Evander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers, Seems to be the hottest story right now in the last 48 hours. All eyeballs on Ken Holland and Evander Kane. Dan Milstein was the agent that put this deal together. And uh, we'll have him uh, later on this hour. And then uh, in hour two, got a lot of stuff to get into. And and maybe, just maybe, as, as Gord alluded to, two banners going up to the rafters. Lundquist in New York and Sergei Zubov in Dallas number 56 so we'll see if we can track someone out of that ceremony and just maybe just maybe uh, see if we can track down Brett Hall wouldn't that be a, a nice way to finish off a Friday Gord
1: uh, yeah now Kippy do you, you know this is a little picky thing but and they're in two different cities but do you not think they should go up on different nights
0: is that a big deal at all to you uh yeah that's a fairly um valid point i think uh yeah uh, the nhl tends to have business is business whether it's the hall of fame or other historical nights it's just they like getting their games in Gord. what can i say so so what happened sammy was one of these moves they weren't both
1: on the same night i don't think originally i mean maybe it's no big deal maybe i'm making too much i think i mean zubov's always been in the like the shadows compared to lundquist anyway but i don't know i just think they have their only wide night. i don't know sammy what do you think
2: Uh eh, i don't know i think i'm on the i don't care side of this but uh love zubov will say super underrated i think from his era you hear you hear about all the guys from that area. You talk about all the guys that have played on, uh during that time. He was always one of my faves. So smooth. You remember him in Dallas. I, I love Zubov. And I do you guys agree that he gets a little bit underrated from that era, or do you think he's he gets his his flowers properly? I,
0: one of the better defensemen for sure of of my era. And uh, yes, it's not the first name. And I think the delay to the Hockey Hall of Fame kind of. Uh, points in in your direction on maybe not getting the credit that he deserves but uh man what a cool customer he was on that blue line the ability to hold on to the puck when everybody else had a break point was phenomenal kippy kippy okay jeopardy uh hockey for 100 who was the leading
1: scorer on regular season on the new york Rangers team? Kippy played on yeah that won that won the stanley cup who would get that? Sorry, uh, oh, Messier. Messier has to be the guy. No, Sergei Zubov. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy's getting his banner raised in Dallas. But on your team that year, he led. The, he led uh, your team in scoring. And anyway, kind of a just eighty-nine points. Yeah,
0: eighty-nine just kind points. Of
2: quiet, quiet. 89. Twelve goals and seventy-seven assists in seventy-eight games. the back end is pretty remarkable.
0: Here's a little added trivia to that. Okay, where did he start the season? Binghamton. Yes.
1: Don't forget Ringside. Was, was going tell big me. then, Kippy. Rick Hodge and I rinkside, the American Hockey League magazine show. So uh so we we had a, we had a little zooby-dooby-doo coverage.
0: And, and congratulations <laughs> for still being uh working in the game, Gord, um, after starting your career there. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, no word of a lie, Sammy. He could be the only player in history to start in the American Hockey League and then lead his team in scoring. I can't that's see crazy. that with any other player. No,
2: that's that's nuts. I don't know how you'd look that up. We got to get our man Stevie Fellin on that one, Gordo. I, I don't have yeah. the wherewithal to look that up. But Boy, Stevie Fellin can got- find that in 10 minutes
1: we got lazy when I, like when I, when I started the know it was a long time ago with the Leafs, Kippy and that, and, and, and uh, uh, Sam, but you know, I'm looking at clipboards and papers and making fo- like for a little stat to go in the press notes. Now we just call Stevie felon, just like break, <laughs> break glass, get the ax. And just, I don't know what he does. He just comes up with ridiculous, great stuff. Our stats whiz. So yeah, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on that.
0: See, there's money in hockey. They, they think it's just capped now, but there's big money still in, in stats it's yeah. my two cents okay. okay big biggest news we're gonna to get to the leafs we're gonna to get to detroit we'll get to chris draper but uh just what we were able to see and and hear more importantly as evander kane uh today officially uh announced as an edmonton oiler and and spoke to the public for the first time uh sammy we got a uh we, we got a clip of uh, evander
2: yeah uh we, i think we got a clip of him talking about how he's a leader we got that clip there derek Beauty. Let's hear it. All right. Let's know, I view to myself. Andrew.
0: You know, I view myself as a leader. It's it's funny why people think that um, you know I'm going to come in and I'm just some you know kid on the playground that's going to disrupt everything, and that's just not the case. Um, you know, I've had a lot of experience on and off the ice. I've been in this league a long time. Um, and I try to share those experiences with guys on the team and um, try to help that prevent them from making those same mistakes that I have. So um, for me, I look at it as a, I'm an experienced guy coming in. Um, I'm looking to add to the group in a positive way. And uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity. I think it's, it's going to be great. Gord, at some point, people do look back and say, you were a little bit of a kid on a playground disrupting. <laughs> were you surprised? I almost got the feeling, Gord, that some people were expecting him to be a, a little bit uh, maybe humbled, but it was almost as if he doubled down on being this this, this guy that uh, clearly he spoke of, including being a leader. Well, what's refreshing, he's the first Edmonton Oiler player
1: I've heard in the last month who doesn't sound grumpy, so that's good, you know? Cause, uh he? <laughs> <Dizzy. laughs> yeah, sounds very... Uh, you know, okay, where he's got to hopefully learn from, you know, the past is because actually people forget he, he had solid stats in San Jose. You know, he, he it wasn't uh, that he was a, a bust on the ice from the word go or anything like that. He had very, very solid stats. They made a big decision to sign him. In some ways, maybe that factored into not giving Joe Pavelski the additional year, and he went elsewhere. But, okay, Vander Kane's got a swagger. You can't get rid of that swagger. That that That's part of what's made him um, a really good NHL player when he's on his game. And so I am, I'm cool with that. Uh, the whole thing, like we were talking yesterday, Kippy and Sammy, about, you know, the Leafs inexperienced D, and it's one thing if you learn from your lessons and you don't repeat those mistakes as you go on, then you can live with them more that 40 games later you're doing the same thing. And there's no question this is showtime for Evander Kane. So, you know, go, whatever positives he has as a leader and believes he has, that's great because certainly the Oilers could use some of that inside the dressing room, I would think. But you know this this is showtime this this is the one year show me contract uh what is it 750 to sign or 750 in salary some bonus opportunities but compared to you know what he was making before far far less and then is there another big contract uh in the off season i i doubt there's a big term contract at all for him but uh yeah, he's got a, he's got a, I don't even, I don't even the words rehabilitate Kippy. I don't even know what the right word is. And we don't, you know, we don't know all the stuff off the ice. There's so, there's all many, all, always so many different versions of what went on. So here's his chance to focus on hockey. He seems he's really happy with his destination. And he's also, yeah, golly gee, wow. Thank you so much. Oh, Shocks, for giving me a chance. No, I, I, I got a way that I think of myself and that's the way I'm going to be.
0: Dan Milstein, in a little over uh, 30 minutes, will join us. Uh, Gold Star Family of Companies is his agency. Uh, He was the one that put this deal together. So uh, looking forward to having Dan on the show. Uh, Really interesting to see how this this really was put together in, I still think, a a relatively short period of time. Um, And I'll throw this to you, Sammy, is I sat here, what... uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And I said that I really believe that, uh, Evander is going to play somewhere else. And I really thought that it would come th- through a trade with San Jose. We know that didn't happen, but how surprised are you, Sammy, that he-
2: he's, he's going back to work in the NHL. Uh, it's still a league where wins matter, right, fellas? So I'm not surprised because listen, say what you will about Evander Kane, say what you will about the stuff that's been said about him and the things that have may or may not have happened off the ice. This guy is a capital I impact player on the ice. What he brings, you know, with the scoring ability, the the heaviness, the toughness, he is a really, really good hockey player that can help a lot of teams. And I'm sure listen, if there was a, a guy like him, I guess he got the contract in San Jose. But if you were just going to subtract all the stuff around Vander Kane, this guy's making seven million bucks in the NHL. He's a really, really impactful player. So, I think a lot of people are being pretty hard on the Oilers. They are in a situation here where if they get him for this stretch run, I think it's the perfect, perfect spot for him. If he helps them, or- sure, maybe that that's that was a good signing. If he is gives him a problem. I guess they can maybe let him go, put him on his way. I don't know what they do with them, but it's not like it's a three-year contract. It's six months here. You're trying to get into the playoffs. You're trying to compete in the playoffs. I think it's a great signing for the Edmonton Oilers. I really think it's going to work out for them. I, I you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him play alongside Connor McDavid potentially.
0: Gord, the narrative uh, from some in the media or or some of the fans is this is a huge gamble, and I'm like. Where Gosh. is the gamble right now?'re you're, you're not in the playoffs, you're scratching and, and, and crawling here. and if the, the only way this doesn't turn out well is if the Oilers miss the playoffs, and if they miss the playoffs, there'll be a few fingers pointed before they're pointed to Evander Kane. Would you not think so i.e. goaltending i.e. blue line i.e. lack of scoring on the wings? This this is look this is a no-brainer.
1: This is a no-brainer. Yeah. Like you know you're trying to do things to improve your team. This improves your team and you know it's with practically zero risk so yeah i'm like like i'm totally with you on that kippy and it's a it's a chance to uh improve your team i I don't get where people like like whatever happened in winnipeg is distant history you know whatever i don't care like i mean whatever every every different every dressing room is it's a different year different whatever let let them figure out it's real so they'll figure out where evander kane belongs and he'll figure out where he should belong and what whatever may be so uh, i i'm just all for you improved your hockey team i'm also also for about you know second chances and third chances like they exist in society it seems i don't know nowadays there's this kind of thing about oh well like you you get you get hung out for doing something, and particularly when you add social media to it, you get piled on and piled on and it's like, Well, hey, murderers get out of prison at some point, okay. Whatever does something, you get a, a chance of that. I'm not I'm not comparing that this to that. Just say, Hey, whatever it didn't work out in San Jose, okay, whatever you know, whatever's been investigated, let's get back to work. He's got a lot to offer on the ice. Uh, when Ken Holland was in Detroit, they were a great place for, you know, letting someone come like a Danny Cleary, Todd Bertuzzi. I'm not I'm not saying guys who had issues, but just be a different kind of player, and kind of, kind of resuscitate their career. And uh, in Evander Kane's case, uh, he needs to resuscitate it because of, of things off the ice. I, I, I think he'll come and kick ass on the
2: ice. And listen, the guy, the best player on planet Earth, Connor McDavid wanted this guy. He was part of the recruiting process. He was calling him. Like, it's not like they brought him in here without the okay of your leadership core. The captain, best player on earth, went in a press conference and talked about how he wanted him. And, like, to me, the, the PR part of it is a tough one, I guess, to swallow for some people. But to me, you're trying to win the cup. You're trying to get some value out of this year where you're supposed to be one of the better teams like you guys have been saying i guess we we're just going around in circles it just seemed like a no-brainer to me for the oilers
0: well then yeah you, you just made it noted uh sammy if this doesn't turn uh, if this doesn't help the oilers and they miss the playoffs you're blaming connor mcdavid for being a
2: louder
0: louder
3: <laughs> hey, that's, see him that's last all night. i got out
1: of that Did you see Connor? The Connor McDavid must have been pumped about Evander Kane yesterday. That he scored like he got you know with all the with all the Oiler woes, we'd not been seeing ton from Drysdale and McDavid on top of everything else. And last night. In regulation time, he gets the one and then the shootout goal. Like, I pulled my groin watching it, okay? Like, just I mean, the Connor McDavid vintage. So, I mean, that was part of what we hadn't also seen from the Oilers uh, that great superstar exhibiting himself and being a, being a difference in their 3 2 shootout win over Nashville.
0: You got a worse groin than Peter Morazik? <laughs> it's just, uh, well, <laughs> i think
1: well he's you know what he's Czech. i'm half check it could it could be that dominic Hashik, right he had the bad groin maybe maybe we got to look into it a little bit more or so what are we called czechia now we're called we're czechia
0: before we get to chris draper uh the leafs detroit saturday night mrazik's in speak of the devil uh a little surprised here this is considered jack campbell's hometown port hope uh few days in between starts Gord you think uh from your experience of being with the the Leafs and the Rangers what it means to a player to to play in what's perceived as hometown you think he'd feel a little uh slated at all yeah, you, you remember Babcock did that. Wouldn't let
1: Freddie Anderson play in Anaheim because you know Bab's had his way that uh, uh, the number one goaltender played the first game of a back-to-back, and whoever the backup was played the second. Kippy, you know I really enjoyed our chat with Sheldon Keefe. I I, I think um, I think it is important in 2022 about having that communication process with your players, especially with your elite players. About you know in Jack Campbell's case when you're when you're scheduling things because you got. A couple of games come up against New Jersey back to back, like, you know, what's important is, is that important to you? Is that important to you? And I, I would think uh, they wouldn't be looking to slight Jack Campbell right now, particularly with the contract negotiation. so uh, so I don't know. I, I, I just you know, uh, I would have played him, and then Murazek and him split the New Jersey games, but you know, we talked about it. there's been so few games and when you want to get Merazek some games, but I'm making an assumption that Jack Campbell's nose isn't out of joint.
0: Big picture. Uh that's 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 how you sell it, right? It's about all about uh, playing in uh hopefully May and June. And there's no question that 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 uh Mrazek will get his starts, his share starts in February. Okay, let's switch gears. Uh a guy that uh who's running the show along with Stevie Iserman and now Lidstrom comes in and throws a wrench in all of that. Let's bring in Chris Draper.
3: Oh. Drapes. How are you, yeah, bud? I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are things in, in Motor City? And uh, the build uh, seems to be going okay. It's probably, at times, seems a little slow for some Detroit fans who are accustomed to Stanley Cups. But so far, how's the process in Detroit?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone knows going uh, going through a rebuild, you know, certainly isn't fun. Um, I think everyone here in in Detroit and, and in the Motor City, and certainly Red Wings fans, you know, knew knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Um, you know, obviously after a, a 25-year successful playoff run, and and you know now we're you know we're 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 getting there. You know, we're we have some pieces coming. Obviously, um, you know, this year the additions of Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider have been you know great for us. Um, you know, they're playing they're playing well. They're re- relied upon. Mo sees the other team's top lines every night, plays in all situations for us. Lucas Raymond is obviously on our our top line. He's producing. He's, you know, running our power play at times. Um, you know, Dylan Larkin is is having, you know, a heck of a season right now. He scored his twentieth the other night and um I'm sure Larks would be one of the first guys to credit Lucas Raymond for the success that he's having the opportunity to play with him. So, you know, and then, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, obviously he's, uh, you know, having a good year for us, but, you know, Pew Suter comes over. uh, He's, you know, he's been good for us. We re-signed Robbie Fabry, three-year deal. He's been good for us. Um, You know, so I think there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some hope coming. Um, Nadelkovic has been at times spectacular for us as well um you know and and he's just you know learning you know the 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 rigor of being a starting goaltender and and playing you know every other night obviously uh you know with with COVID and 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 whatnot he's uh he's been relied upon heavy to to with with a lot of starts so I think you know I think some nights it's uh you know you, you you leave the rink and you know, you're, you're excited with the direction that we're going. And then sometimes it's, it's frustrating and disappointing with, with where you're at. But, um, you know, with the pieces that we talked about, um, you know, there's some excitement uh, around Hockey Town right now.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, Chris, you mentioned uh, Nedeljkovic. I was going to say, it's kind of like, you know, when you're building, like when Kippy builds all his mansions, there's different trades that have to come in at the different times, right? And that's what uh, you guys are doing in, in Detroit. And just this summer, not only Nedeljkovic, who I like, but also making a trade to get the number one goaltender in the draft. So like a, like a real key piece, it seems the goaltending was something that Eisenman and everybody else addressed.
3: Yeah, you know, um, you know, we think so. Um, you know, obviously, uh you know when, you know, with Sebastian Cosa and you're playing, you know, in the Western Hockey League and playing for Edmonton, you know, there's you know, there's there's a there's a long way to go. Um, you know, and right now, you know, with uh with the age of Ned, you know, it looks like, you know, we have an opportunity to have uh, you know, a a good goaltending duo. When that you know, when that becomes our duo, obviously we'll we'll just have to have to wait and see on that but you just look around the league and and when you see teams that are having success you know there's there's obviously there's going to be you know a ton of credit to the goaltending you know we know that you know i've been you know you know fortunate you know when when we won you know our goaltenders were you know were were very good for us some nights you know they were great vernie won the won the con Smythe. dominic hosik was obviously incredible in Um, you know, Ozzie was. I, I'd probably say you know Henrik Zetterberg won the Conn Smythe in 08. '08, and and if he didn't, it probably you know our team would have said you know Chris Osgood deserved it. So if you're going to go on you know a Stanley Cup run and you're going to be successful, just ask Tampa Bay Lightning the the importance of of having a great goaltender. Vasilevsky is just incredible you know year in and year out, and and you know that's why you know they're they're obviously the the team to beat. They know that they're going to get great goaltending and probably more importantly, they're going to get great goaltending, you know, when they know that they need it and that's come playoff time. And, and that's exactly what Vasilevsky has done for them. So, you know, I think you have to build, you know, you need great goaltending and you just kind of, you keep looking, then you, you know, you want to have, you know, you want to have great D, big D, mobile D um, then you want to build through the middle. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, Stevie was a part of that as a player. um, And he obviously did that in Tampa and you know that that's the vision with the Detroit Red Wings going forward as well.
0: We're speaking with four-time Stanley Cup champion and director of amateur scouting for the Detroit Red Wings, Chris Draper. Uh, Drapes, you mentioned uh, a Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, 26 years of age now, uh, really has a pretty good, at least legitimate shot of maybe getting 40 goals. I don't think that's happened since HOSA uh in 2008 and nine, I believe. And Mm -hmm. just the the early decision about uh, not crossing the border, not being able to come to Canada to play. Uh, We've been in enough dressing rooms where you try to keep it as simple as possible. But when you start bringing in, uh, you know, either politics or or human rights, there there is always a chance for a distraction. But this hasn't been really the case with your hockey club, has it?
3: No, um, yeah. And I know Stevie has touched on this early in the season. Um, you know, it's, and, and it's just, everyone's right. You know, you're going to do what, uh, what, what, what you want to do. And, and obviously Tyler made a choice and as an organization, you know, that's, uh, that's how we look at it. We just, uh, you know, we support it. We go, we, you know, we go on with it and it obviously hasn't affected the way he plays hockey. And that's, uh, you know, that's probably, you know, the, the most important thing. So, um, it was, it was easy for us to, to handle it. Um, you know, and he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously like you talked about, um, you know, he's he's having a real good season for us. He's producing. Um, he's been part, you know, the, for, for most of the season, it was, you know, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi and, and Lucas Raymond. Now we've kind of, you know, Blash has mixed it up to try to get a little bit more balanced scoring and, and Burgess continues to to produce whether, um, you know, he's playing with Larks or playing with uh, Pew Suter. Um, you know, he's putting up numbers and, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, for us, that's, that's the most in, important thing. And you just kind of take everything, you know, out of it. And, and you, we just want him to to play hockey. Uh,
0: I, I watch, especially, uh, Brad Marchand and how he evolved and how he really came into his own, uh, 27 and 28 years of age. And, you know, I, I, I watched Tyler Bertuzzi and I'm like, even if this guy is a poor man's um, Marchand, uh that's a hell of a hockey player. Uh, do you see any similarities?
3: Um, I, well, Brad Marchand is—I mean, he's a superstar. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's unreal. Like, they, they Boston was just here. I think it was about three weeks ago. I was actually down at LCA watching a game, and it's to me the, the the things that you see on on the highlights, the goals, and all that stuff. That's that's excellent and everything. But just watching. The little things that Brad Marchand does with within a hockey game is uh, is incredible to me. That was the most impressive thing that I saw. And then actually, I just ended up, you know, I think it was maybe a week later, just watching uh, a game on TV, and it was uh, it was it was it was Boston playing again, and and it was the same thing. Just I just really just appreciate you know how. Brad Marchand plays the game. I know everyone talks about, you know, the pest and the rad and all that stuff, but he's that, he's that player that, you know, everyone in the Boston Bruins just, you know, loves him as a teammate and in that dressing room. I think, like you said, if Tyler Bertuzzi can turn into a poor, poor man's Brad Marchand, you know, we have one heck of a hockey player, um, you know, and, and that's the, the one thing for, for me is, is, you know, Brad Marchand, he's dangerous in all situations, you know, whether he's on the power play five on five and, and certainly on the penalty kill, Um, you know, he's, he's a threat in all those situations and, and that's, that's something that makes him, uh, you know, so special. So, um, you know, I think Tyler is, you know, every year he's gotten better and, and that's a credit to Tyler Bertuzzi. And, you know, that's what, that's what good hockey players always do. They have a good season. You know, they maybe take a couple weeks off in the off season. They get back at it. They work out. They train. They get ready for another season, and and then they become a little bit better every year. And I think that that's what Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, has done for us. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's got a great stick. Um, he scores his goals in, in all the right areas. Um, you know, and he's just, uh, he's a guy that, you know, when he's on the puck, he's just, uh he's got that kind of mentality of that, you know, a junkyard dog of, you know, just on pucks, on pucks, on pucks. And he's been obviously, uh, he's been good for us in producing for us.
1: Chris, I don't think, you know, Steve has one of the bigger front offices going, I don't think anyway, but you know him well, you won Stanley Cups together, and now Nicholas Lidstrom, and I know it's early to find out, I guess he's going to stay uh, back in Sweden, but always exciting having great players in the game in any capacity, so uh, what, what's what's the plan as far as that is in the management group moving forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, what a great addition, and and you know, it just you know, it it obviously just ended up making sense right now for 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 Nick and his family. I think he, you know, he obviously you know he played a ton of hockey for us and and incredible hockey at, at a high level for for so long, and I think he just kind of wanted to step back and enjoy his family and and watch his boys grow up, and, and that's exactly what he's done. But it you know, it's interesting. He he would come over here, you know, probably about two times a year, and he was always you know kind of he would kind of, you know, be around, you know, our group when, you know, the the front office group. Um, But I think he kind of felt, you know, like a little, you know, on, on the outside, which is crazy because it's Nick Lidstrom and and Nick could come and sit in that suite whenever he wanted to and talk hockey. But I think he just kind of missed being a part of, you know, a team. And I think sometimes that's, you know, yeah, when you walk away from the game, you realize of, of how much you miss it. And we have, we have Nicholas Cronwell over there as well, who who runs um, European development. And so he does, he's kind of probably been around, you know, Nicholas Cronwell, and they start talking and they start talking about our players. And, and, and obviously it had to be right for Nick Lidstrom when he wanted to join the management. So it's, I, I think it's great for us. Obviously it's an incredible hockey mind. Um, you know, you think of, you know, two of the, you know, one of our top prospects, obviously Simon Ed, Edmondson from last year's draft, just the opportunity to be able to watch or talk hockey with Nicholas Cronwell or Nick Lidstrom just, you know, makes him better immediately. And that's something that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So I know, you know, Nick is going to go around, he's going to watch a lot of our prospects in in Europe and I think he's just going to kind of ease into, you know, at, at all levels, Uh, you know, he'll, He'll be part of, you know, the trade deadline. i will probably, you know, I, 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 the plan would probably be come over, you know, be a part of that, you know, watch some of our prospects on the North American side, watch the Detroit Red Wings play, and, and kind of just start, you know, taking on some, some responsibilities within the organization. But obviously, that's going to be decided between Stevie and Nick of, of, of how much he wants to do and, and what he wants to do. But, you know, for us in, the, in the front office, uh, you know, I. I when, uh, when it was announced, certainly talked to Nick and you could tell he was, uh, you know, pretty excited about it. And, you know, for us in our organization to be able to add, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest defenseman of all time, you know, to your, to your front office is something that uh, is huge for us going forward.
0: Speaking of uh, the the trade deadline, uh, I assume that you've had or having uh your pro and amateur uh meetings it seems to be an ongoing thing right around this year is is the focus now on what you guys can do you won't trade to look to obviously uh make a push for the playoffs or try to win a cup but i i I would imagine there's a lot of teams calling and, and trying to pick your pocket maybe on a few of those young guys
3: yeah you know what i think for you know for us right now and and obviously it's uh you know Stevie uh you know is 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 borderline brilliant at these uh these time of year and sits back and evaluates the team and evaluates our players and see where we're at and and from there he's um you know he'll make a decision uh you know that he feels big picture is going to benefit the hockey club um you know and that's kind of you know that's kind of where we're at right now uh you know you have you know, uh, you know, Pat for Beek and say, same thing. You know, you know, Beaker's going to be, you know, all over the place. Uh, you know, tracking, tracking down, you know, what he has to do and watching teams and watching players. And and in the end, it's, uh, you know, it, it has to make sense for for our team and for our, or our organization if we're going to do something going forward.
1: Hey, I'm wondering uh, just the whole thing about scouting, the challenges the last couple of years with the COVID situation. And, and Chris, it used to be uh, some teams would have an adverse thing about, no, no, you don't, you don't scout on video, um, but it's very time-consuming, very lonely life being a scout going all over the place. And I'm wondering um, the mix about traveling versus cramming a number of games that you can watch on video versus what do you lose by watching too much on video. And, you know, I, I would imagine, are you doing a little bit of a reassessment of all that?
3: You know, I mean, it's Gord. It's it's been it's been unreal. I've so when Stevie took over, this this will be my third draft, and we've yet to really have a full season, um, you know, to to get ready for for the draft on on the amateur level. But obviously, it's you know, there's you know, 31 other organizations that are in the exact same situation as we are. But, you know, you know, the good thing, I was able to get over to Europe early. Um, you know, so you get in there, you get to see a lot of the top top prospects there. Um, I was at world juniors, um, you know, so I was able, you know, to get some looks on, on some top prospects in that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it was, you know, I just felt so bad for, you know, those players, uh, you know, management staff, you name it, uh, family members, you know, for that tournament, it's an incredible tournament, an incredible opportunity. And it's, it's too bad that that had to happen. But, you know, honestly, like, I mean, constant, constant communication with all our scouts, uh, you know, the Quebec league, as you know, is not playing right now. We're hoping, you know, first week of February that they can get up and running. And, you know, once they do that, then, you know, start getting into Quebec, but, um, you know what the, the travel is it's, it's been, it's, it's challenging, but it's been, it's been okay. Uh, you know, to be able to, to get wherever you have to go, going into, I was planning going into Ontario until I saw 50,000 transport trucks wheeling around highways in Ontario. So I canceled, I canceled that trip today, uh, you know, so I wasn't able to do that. But just to your point, like, London was supposed to come in to, to Saginaw for the weekend, and, you know, there uh, there was an outbreak with, with London, so those games were canceled. So I won't be going to Saginaw tonight to watch Saginaw in London, you know. So it's probably, you know, you, you find out, you know, I found out about a half hour ago, so it's it's onto the computer and, and watching, uh, you know, video of prospects. So usually, and, and you know it, Gord and Kipper, that, you know, you would, it was almost unheard of to, to scout on video. And now it's actually become, you know, a part of the industry of, you know, the the European leagues are playing. You know, I can type in, you know, you name it from any country, type in the player's name and, you know, I can watch, you know, Countless numbers of games, and, and that's exactly what what I've been doing. And if I can get you know live looks on players here in North America, you go all over North America to you know to get the live looks as well. So you know, video is actually kind of it's it's become you know a great tool going forward. It, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna you know obviously you still have to go into the ranks and you still have to watch the players live, but you know there's times during the day where and like you said, there's a lot of downtime when you're on the road scouting. And you could pull up, uh, you know, a prospect and and watch, uh, you know, a game or two of him. And, you know, now you've watched a couple games of this prospect and you go into the rink and you watch, you know, one live. So it's become a a valuable tool for us. And, um, you know, after going through the meetings, you know, you put together, you know, a list. And now I look at the list and I know the players that, you know, my job is is really what I want to kind of zero in and, and really start focusing on these players. If it's Europe right now, unfortunately, it's with video and if it's a North American prospect, uh, you know, I can get uh, wherever I have to go to get in to see them.
0: God, Drapes, just listening to you uh, and, and remembering uh, that once upon a time, you were just uh, a kid sold to the Detroit Red Wings for a dollar. Then you get to train with me at the Fitness Institute, <laughs> and now you're four-time Stanley Cup champion.
3: Yep, Amazing. You saved my career, Kipper. You, you, you saved my career. Tell
0: them how dedicated I was on that treadmill.
3: You were actually pretty good on the treadmill, but when we got you on the track, it didn't translate. I never knew why.
0: <laughs> every, every time, every time I was on the treadmill, Drapes would come behind me and go, "Run, Forrest, run!" <laughs>
3: <laughs> we had some good men with, uh, obviously, with the uh, Renzetti brothers, and obviously training at the Fitness Institute and. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Rick Talkett retweeted a, a video on Peter Zezel, uh, and I ended up watching it, and it just ba- brought back incredible memories of, of Zez. Uh, you know, what a, I mean, you talk about, you know, we always talk about guys that love hockey, and, and, and Zez was probably one of the most passionate guys for the game of hockey. I mean, he would skate before, he, you know, he'd skate in the morning, he'd work out, and then he'd go skate again. He just loved being on the ice and seeing that uh you know, it was good to see and, and, and to be able to think of, uh, of Zez.
0: Very well said, uh, Drapes. We, we miss him dearly. Uh, one of those guys who just loved his teammates, uh, a, uh, an exceptional athlete, the soccer, uh, pulling yep. us out there and uh, getting us involved with uh, uh, charities. Uh, just a one-of-a-kind and, uh, and dearly Absolutely. missed. But uh, yep. we appreciate uh, you coming on the show and reminiscing a little bit. All the best to you and your hockey club moving forward against the Toronto Maple Leafs as early as Saturday night. Thanks for this.
3: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Gord. Thanks, Kipper. See, you guys, uh, be good. Have a great weekend.
1: Chris Draper, everybody. Hey, Kippy, imagine yeah, Zezel with the Canada-Honduras game and all this stuff going on. Like, he 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 would have to be the NHL player that was the best soccer player you knew, I think, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. He, he And he'd be at all over that this.
0: time, at that time, Gord, uh, you know we didn't really know as as players growing up we didn't have the access to to european soccer unless you really followed it closely and that was usually because your dad or your grandfather did um but peter certainly could have easily become a professional soccer player but uh it just it just seemed a little bit more far fetched the world was a lot bigger back then than it is today mm-hmm. and uh he he chose the hockey route and who could blame him uh making the uh Philadelphia Flyers as a as a 18 19 year old teenager uh, and and having a, a great career, including a very memorable playoff runs with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I got to tell you, well, you as
1: well, like uh, I used to do a, a feature called The Leafs This Week, and we did Peter Zezel one week. We went to his, would it be his parents' restaurant bar, and Brian Marchman's grandfather was drinking there that day, of all things. But but they were in the same business as your parents, right? And not, and like, and, uh, or, or, right, you, you both had restaurants going and not too, yeah, too far I, I, away, correct? Yeah,
0: Zezel's family was uh, in Scarborough, right? Uh, yeah. Close to the arena, Scarborough Arena, I believe, had they had uh, a bar. Uh,
1: uh, where were, and was it your parents or your grandparents
0: had a restaurant my 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 family my, my mom okay. and dad and where was yeah. it? yeah uh well we were downtown we were in okay. markham we had a couple of different spots but when, when you're in that uh that that people service industry uh it it it's no secret that peter had such a, a great touch with uh everybody that uh he came across uh because you pick that up right away from your family uh being in the service industry and, and you know him and drapes kind of had the same kind of
1: rules right like, like like Peter read more offense early but they were the kind of guys exactly identical elite guys to go out and check whoever they were against
0: and you know if we're gonna kind of bring it you know full circle here with the Leafs uh this is uh this is camp right now they they would l- dearly love if they could fill a role like a zezel or or a draper uh whether or not they can bring it every other night and play that that heavy game, and both those guys that we just mentioned played a heavy game and at times could lean on guys, hurt guys uh finishing a check uh, drapes not the biggest guy, but he was strong and he had a little bit of an edge. We know that uh, and uh you, you need a little of that in the playoffs to to go deep. you think camp can do it, Sammy?
2: I don't know. He doesn't necessarily seem like the meanest guy, but... Uh, back, I
0: don't know. How much confidence you have? Just go back uh,
2: to the soccer thing, I, I actually am going to the game on Sunday with, against the States in Hamilton, so I'm really excited for that. Oh, wow. That,
1: so. that, was exci- oh, yeah. that was exciting last night. That You know, that but uh, that was exciting to watch last night, but the other, it's funny, the other part is, yesterday we chatted with Steve Thomas about it, like... Uh, the, like, the Red Wings had those lines, and we're saying what, what Sheldon Keefe, who discussed with us yesterday about, all of a sudden you're David and maybe you end up on the first line tomorrow, I don't know, whatever, right now, <laughs> as they're trying to get the balanced attack going with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it and, uh, uh, looks like, Sammy, you gave the lines out for practice today, and I, and I mean, if he's going to do it, I'm glad he's going to do it for a couple of games, not just for one period, but, uh, you know, Steve Thomas was saying, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm, it's not being selfish, but if you're Willie Nylander or somebody, like, you know, uh, you, you succeed more with somebody who's good at feeding you the puck and that, but in the case of uh, in the case here, uh, it seems like Mike Babcock's looking for the balance. Or Excuse me, Sheldon Keith. Excuse me, Sheldon Keith looking for the balance. <laughs> you forecasting something here? Hey, so I, stop, I saw
0: Sammy giving the break sign, I think. I thought he was giving the break <laughs> sign. So I tried to get on time. We will take a break. Of course, Evander Kane officially introduced to the media today. Uh, we have his agent, uh, Dan Milstein, the guy that brought this deal together he's coming up after the break you're listening to real kipper and born with guest co-host gord stelic all after the break